what people were just wanting that didn't exist, which was the whole branding side. That was when we launched it. We just said, hey, create your forms and make them look beautiful when other systems didn't have that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Today's episode is part of the Founders Series, where we chat with founders and CEOs of companies that have created products and services that help creatives run their businesses. Today's guests are Jake and Becca Berg, the co-founders of Dubsado, the client management system for entrepreneurs. Dubsado makes sending contracts, invoices, questionnaires, bookkeeping, and other business workflows easy. And I can confidently say that because we're now Dubsado users. But we weren't before this episode. I signed us up for a trial to prepare for the interview with no intention of continuing to use it. But after a test run, I was hooked. One of the reasons that I wanted to interview Jake and Becca was because Dubsado seemed to come out of nowhere. But as with most entrepreneurial journeys, Dubsado wasn't an overnight success. It started small with very little functionality, and through many iterations, carefully listening to their user base and their own intuition, they've created an incredibly impactful tool for businesses. In this episode, we discuss their journey in building Dubsado, why they decided not to take outside funding like many of their competitors, and how they created such a loyal and active user base. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands at Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes you've enjoyed so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davian Krista Facebook page and send us a message. And if you decide to try out Dipsado after listening to this episode, go over to the show notes for a code that you can use to get 20% off your first month. Now on to the episode. All right, I'm excited to be here with Jake and Becca Berg of Dubsado. And Dubsado is a content management system, I guess, not content management system, a CRM for creative entrepreneurs. And I wouldn't even say just photographers or just designers, although I know that you guys have a ton of photographers and designers using your system. But it seems like just having been part of the Dubsado Facebook community for a few days now, that all sorts of companies use your system. So could you tell us just a second, what is Dubsado all about? Yeah. So like you said, Dubsado is a client management system and it just keeps track of sending invoices and questionnaires and all your bookings and just keeping the hub of your business in one place so that you don't have to be scattered around in a whole bunch of different systems. You can just keep it all, all in one place. Yeah. And like you said, we have 
everything from doulas to lawyers to photographers to coaches. It's crazy. And it blows me away how many different types of businesses use Dubsado. And I love, love when they chat us or call us. I'm like, ah, that's so awesome. We have this type of person using the system. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I do want to go back and I want to hear all about how you all started Dubsado, you know, how this idea came to be. Becca, I know that you previously were a photographer. And mm-hmm. not that you're not a photographer anymore, but that <laughs> used to be that used to be the business you focus on. And I was laughing with Jake before this before this interview, I was on a phone call with him and I was talking about how I went to your website and noticed that, you know, you had plans on on being away until mid 2017 <laughs> working on another project. And so I just assumed that this other project is Dubsado. Yes. And it's just it was funny to me because now we're into 2018, almost mid 2018, and this project still has your attention. So something must be going well. Yes, it is. <laughs> so how did this idea come about? Jake, were you also a photographer before Dubsado? Before Dubsado, I was um, I was managing a retreat center just north of Santa Barbara, where I just handled the day to day operations and and I did a lot of the the business side of things, coordinating the events that came through and and signing contracts and sending invoices. So I was doing a lot of the things that we do in the system now, except I didn't have a system for it back then. So that's interesting to me because you are. I mean, you created Dubsado from the technical aspect of everything, right? You were mm-hmm. you built the initial the initial product, and I think now you have you know you have help doing that. How did you learn? You weren't doing engineering for this retreat center, were you? No, I, I wasn't. Well, I was working there full time, like during the day, and then when I got off work, I'd be I'd be studying basically, and then like Becca would visit me on the weekends and and I was just there coding pretty much for my days off. And I think it was pretty annoying for her. And I I remember her asking like, why are you doing this? Like why, why you're coding for, for no reason? Cause I was just doing test projects and, Mm -hmm. and I dabbled in, in starting a couple like different websites to manage different aspects of our business at the retreat center. And I also built a couple websites for, for Becca to like kind of manage, I think it was like a, a gallery that yeah. ultimately like wasn't very usable and <laughs> and it sucked. But I, I did learn a lot, you know, just trying to get hands-on experience building a variety of different things. So meanwhile, and, so yeah. you're doing this and meanwhile, Becca, you are you're shooting. So what kind of photography were you doing? I was doing mostly headshots because I also worked at my parents' agency. They own a modeling agency. And so I did a lot of headshots there. I worked with my parents, so I was doing two different things and trying to start up my own thing, which what I thought at the time were my headshots and dabbling into weddings while working at my parents' agency. So I, uh, I didn't understand what Jake was doing uh-huh. <laughs> or why he was learning that stuff. And I'm glad he did. <laughs> and so, so how did, how did the idea for Dubsado come about? Were you, you know, struggling with the organization or management uh, side of things? It depends on who you ask. I'm, who started uh, you it. know what, I'm, let's start with you. And I think <laughs> I've listened to some other interviews that you guys have done. So I, I think I have an idea of where this is going. But you know, at uh, what point did you realize you needed a system? When I started dabbling into weddings, mm-hmm. uh, just because I saw how multifaceted they were, how picky sometimes brides can get. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I had a contract down. I'd shot my first wedding without a contract. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that anymore. And a few bad clients with headshots. I'm like, okay, I need to get my contracts in place. But after I had my first contract wedding done, Charlie, our youngest, well, our youngest at the time, who's our oldest now, sorry, confusing, (laughs) but he colored all over my contract. And I was like, gosh, darn it. I need to have this in a system. I'm just kind of a disorganized person in that case. So I'm just, I need this somewhere. So I was like, Jake, 
can you make something for me? I think it would be really great if I could have my contracts done online. I looked at a few other systems that were out at the time, but nothing felt like my business and myself. And I was really getting portrayed correctly through their platform. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't put my brand in front of it all. So I was like, I, I want Jake to build it for me and it will just be mine. It'll be my system. So he asked me and looked at me and I was like, come on, Becca, I asked you to do this. Like if we could do this two years ago and you said, <laughs> no, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's the story. Yeah. So, so two years prior, you had gone to Becca and said, I mean, you're doing all this coding anyways. You had said, Hey, I, I want to build a system for you to stay organized. And basically yeah. she was like, no, I don't need this. Yeah. Why would I need that? I have paper and I have contracts and she just didn't, she didn't understand. She's like client management system. That, that sounds so boring. As far as like personalities go, I mean, I've talked to so many different husband and wife teams. I mean, Chris and I are husband and wife team. And one thing I always love to get a feel for is, you know, who's kind of what role in the, in, you know, in that team for, for Chris and I, uh, I'm definitely the dreamer. I'm definitely the forward thinker. I'd be the one that says, Hey, we should, you know, we should go out and build this. And Chris is the one that looks at me and is like, number one, I have a thousand other things going on. And, and number two, no, you know, we're just not going to do it. It's not going to work or this or that. And eventually she comes around. So how does that, how does that dynamic play out between you two? Pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> it, it really is. Jake is the one that is always pushing us, pushing me and pushing himself to do things scary and into the unknown. I'm more of the type of person that likes to think about it a lot first. I don't necessarily like to do something out of the norm. Mm -hmm. So when he did come up with, hey, let's start a new business and let's do this. It's like, no, that's <laughs> that's scary. But until I was like, ah, I actually need this. And then I added like a little niche to it, which made a little bit more sense, like the creative mm -hmm. industry rather than I think Jake just wanted to do a client management system for anybody. Yeah. And that didn't make sense to me. So I had to put it in kind of my own head. That's kind of how our dynamic plays out. He says something months later, I'm like, well, that's, that sounds like a great idea, Jake. Let's do this. <laughs> that's a really interesting dynamic to me, especially with Jake being the, the engineer, only because of the developers that we've worked with in the past, they're generally more like Krista in that, you know, they're very much here focused, not necessarily mm -hmm. the, you know, the dreamer. They don't necessarily have that dreamer personality. Krista, you know, is the one between us that has more of the development background. So it's mm -hmm. really interesting to me, Jake, that you are you know, kind of forward thinking, always the one pushing people forward or pushing your, you know, your company forward and your relationship forward, because I just find that most developers are very much rooted in the, in the here and now and what's practical and what's not. Yeah. Even if when I'm in a moment where I'm trying to look forward and, and think everything out like to a T, there comes an extent to that where we plan it as far as we can imagine it and as far as we can conceive, but then we also do stay pretty tied into reality right now, mm -hmm. and, and we are very focused on the product that we have. And I, I do expect my programmers to just be very focused on what we're doing right now, and then they can leave the dreaming up to me. Sure. And that yeah. makes sense. And I definitely want to talk about like you know how you guys even go about adding features. And you know coming up with an MVP, I think, for a software product is so different than you know for maybe a service-based business. But I don't want to get ahead of myself here. So... Becca finally comes back to, back around to you and says, hey, we, we need to do this. <laughs> so what, what steps do you take to make this dream a reality? When Jake and I's heads come together, we laugh on how we just, we make things happen. Mm -hmm. When he has the same idea, I have the same idea, we just get down to, right down to it. So 
immediately when we both looked at each other, we're like, yes, we both have this idea. We started an Instagram account. We started building the website. We started getting those things in place literally that same day. <laughs> we had the homepage done by the end of the day. So it moved rather fast there at the beginning and then development started. So the ideas in the wheels started turning at the very, very beginning. And then it just kind of started the development phase of it. <laughs> so did you guys just basically say, okay, I, or Jake, did you just say, I'm going to build something for Becca? Or did you all reach out to anybody else? Or was it really like, hey, I'm, I just want to look at your business and build something specifically for you. And I think if I do that, it's going to be helpful for other people. How'd you go about planning? Like, who is this going to be for? And I know, Becca, you mentioned Jake wanted to build just CRM for anybody. Yeah. You know, but you guys kind of narrowed it into photography, or did you know right then? Because I know a ton of designers, especially that just rave about Dubsado. So I know it works for other people than photographers. And was that yeah. the intention from the get go? Yeah, I guess the balance is something that's been for successes. Like Becca says one thing, and I say another thing, and then we kind of just find the middle road. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I wanted to build something that was really universal. And technically, that's that's really challenging because it's harder to develop something that's that can fit and work in different ways. Whereas if you just make something that it works this way and it's going to work really well for the wedding industry, then you're kind of trapped in the wedding industry. And development-wise, to to go back and then add that flexibility, now you're gonna your product's going to change significantly, and you don't know for sure if it's going to work. So in the very beginning, we were debating between focusing on, you know, a specific community or making it pretty universal. And, and we, we just found compromises all on the way for, for what we thought would provide the most value to the most generic audience. And then I think the creative, the niche side of things was more towards like the marketing of it. Cause we knew that everyone is going to need to send an invoice, sign a contract and, and send questionnaires to kind of gather information around projects that they're working on. Mm -hmm. So we, we spent a lot of time, preparing before we even coded very much. It was really, really hard. We didn't, we were confused. It was, it was like walking around in pitch dark. We had no idea what we were starting. Even the, the first day that I started coding it, we had a vague idea and we were just making steps toward that idea. It wasn't just for me though, when he started it, mm -hmm. we knew we wanted to create a system for people, but he had me in mind as the ideal client. So he was building it for me, but we did have the intention to launch it to other people when it was done. Did you all gather any feedback in this phase or was it really just among you two figuring out and planning what to build? And so what went into kind of that decision like, hey, we're just going to kind of keep it to ourselves for right now and build it and then put it out there? I am a pretty shy person, actually. <laughs> so I didn't even know or even think to ask other people. I just was active in, well, act a lot of Facebook group forums. And I was in a lot of those things. I was seeing what was not working for other people. So I was doing my own research yeah. and kind of taking in what I was seeing wasn't working on other platforms that people wanted, what people were just wanting that didn't exist, which was the whole branding side. That was when we launched it. We just said, Hey, create your forms and make them look beautiful when other systems didn't have that. So we just focused on the things that we could do different. And that was kind of like our market research was those awesome Facebook groups. <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said for that too, yeah, though. I think we really focus on the marketing side of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As far as like feedback goes, I think something that entrepreneurs hear a lot is, you know, asking people what they think and getting feedback and the importance of feedback. 
But you know, there's kind of a double-edged sword there, I, I think, as well, because people are going to give you all sorts of feedback, and then it's up to you to figure out what's relevant and what's not. And I think the interesting thing, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier about building software, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you build a feature, it's not just, a, oh, I can just you know build this feature. You might have to lay groundwork for that feature. And if you build a feature, maybe it affects the future features that you add to the product. So it's not just as easy as saying, oh, you want that? Yeah, let me, you know, let me go build that. You know, it's going to take some significant time and it's going to have ramifications beyond just having that feature. So how did you guys go about deciding, okay, this is what we definitely need to have to launch. And this would be like maybe a nice to have. It was basically a big piece of paper that said, this is everything that we, we could probably do by launch date. Mm-hmm. And then we just started taking a red pen and crossing things out the closer to the launch date that we got. <laughs> and when we did launch it, we looked back and we kind of, we giggle at it because it was basically just a system to store contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have a way for our clients to pay their invoices yet. We had invoices, but not an online processor. And... We first did beta when we did our first launch. So then we got that that feedback. Okay, so they want to do credit card and ACH. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do that. So when we did our beta, which was about 100 people in that first beta phase and just making sure that after we launched it, we took our next steps to actually full launch and they were in the right direction. Yeah. So that was that beta phase was huge and key, but it didn't have a lot of features at all. How many people did you beta launch to? It was, we had about 300 on our list and Mm -hmm. we were only marketing on Instagram. That was the only form of just promoting ourselves and getting ourselves out there. It's just creating a likable brand and showing who Jake and I are on Mm -hmm. the Instagram page. So we did that and we got him to sign up to our newsletter. And then we had about 300 people on that. And then about a hundred actually sign up for the beta and use it, give us feedback and that was so key. And those, those people, I still know who they are. Yeah. They're still with us. I still love them greatly. <laughs> I think there's such value. I mean, for, for our listeners out there, I think so many people get to launch and they're, they're super worried about it and they think everything has to be perfect. But if I, if I heard you correctly, you know, when you first launched, it was basically, you know, a contact, it was basically a place to store your contacts. You couldn't pay, get paid online. I assume were, were contracts a part of that? Like, could you send your contract for elect- electronic yes. signature? Yes, Okay, so that you was. could do that. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I imagine that if we looked back in time to that application, it would look very different than it does today. But you yeah. launched, <laughs> you got feedback, and then you iterated on that. So from that point on, was it just a matter of, you kind of knew right off the bat, like, okay, we need to focus on online payments, let's say, or... Like, how do you know exactly which which features to focus on from there? Mostly just by how many people were asking for what feature. So it was online payments, uh, customizing the email address that it comes from. So instead of just a, a vague Dubsado email from sending, sending from their own email address. Mm-hmm. So we had a few key core things that we know that we wanted to do, but we kind of gauged what our users were asking for. Ultimately, we chose going with getting paid because yeah. we want our people to make money through our system. So <laughs> sure. we went that route first. And that was one of our, our biggest. But the launch was a very, very hard time for us. 
and me because I am a perfectionist and I want to please people and make Mm -hmm. them happy. And I was afraid since we kept using that red pen and crossing out all these things that we couldn't accomplish because it was just Jake doing these things. I was getting really, really nervous that people aren't going to like this. What are they going to think? We've been hyping this up so much that it was going to be a great platform and it's only going to have a few things. But to my surprise, when we launched, we still had people that liked it, that people, the things that we focused on that we wanted to do a little bit different than other people are what really attracted them to it. And I just made up for our lack of features on the customer experience side of things Mm -hmm. and making sure that all of our customers, if they did do a feature request, they were heard. I whispered to Jake, like, Hey, this person wants this. How about we launch that in the next few days? So we put a little nugget out there and then that person would be so excited. Then they go tell their people. So I really just embraced every single one of our people to kind of distract myself from, we don't have a lot and just make our people feel heard and loved. And I, and I should probably clarify, you guys weren't doing this full time at this point yet. I mean, this was in addition to the headshots and your photography business. And then Jake, you were still working at the retreat center. Yeah. So at what point did you step down from the retreat center? Like at what point did you say, okay, I just have too much to do here. And this is showing enough promise where I, you know, I think I can step down. I don't remember the time frame, but I remember the exact moment where I decided to do it and I was in spin class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was the hardest thing for me was my relationship to the retreat center is it's very heartfelt and I love mm-hmm. the place so much. And my in-laws, Becca's parents are highly involved there. And I was helping them out a lot by, by taking on that responsibility. And I knew that, you know, quitting was going to put a lot of stuff on their plate, but I also knew that it was really important that I had the time in my life to focus on, on our product that I was the only developer for at the time. And it was, it was hard, hard at that point to balance new features and bugs and all this stuff when I was, I was still like working with clients and, and all these different things with the retreat center. And luckily we, we had, you know, compensated ourselves through, through Dubsado to allow me to leave the position. And so there I was spinning, sweating. And I, I just decided to text my boss and said I was leaving in spin class while spinning. And I think, well, so this happened literally in the class. It wasn't like, I'm going to get up, you know, I'm going to get off this bike. I'm going to go, I'll go home, chat with Becca about this. You know, I was spinning (laughs) and he he texted back. He was like, okay, why? And I was like, I'm just working on other things in my life. Yeah. And then then spin was over and I felt amazing. I just felt free. And I think it's always important to really take your time with decisions like that and, and, and not be selfish with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't do it for myself necessarily. I I just, it was best for everybody. And, and I just said a prayer before I did it, that everything would work out with the retreat center and obviously praying that Dubsado was going to be able to sustain us because I just left my full-time job (laughs) and I did it. And I, and I owe it all to spin class. (laughs) Do you still go to that spin class? I do. (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, if it was, you you should go back. Maybe that's just where all these great ideas are. You know, something about that spin (laughs) class. But so from the time you guys had this idea to the beta launch, about about how many months or years or days was that? It was five months. So from the point of idea to beta launch was five months. In that five months too, we also had our second child. Oh, wow. And, you know, busy with work and other things. And most of those five months were dedicated towards planning. I was wondering why Jake wasn't working on it and programming because I I don't understand the programming world. I'm a little bit more keen on it now and 
understand it a little bit, but it was a lot of planning and a lot of planning dates, but it wasn't until about, what was it? Three days before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 80% so, of the, the first product was built in 72 hours. <laughs> 72 straight hours? Yes. Straight. And, and were you working against a deadline? Like, did you, did you announce the, the launch date and that's why you had to get it done in those 72 hours? Yeah, we had, we had announced it two weeks prior to actually launching. And then three days before we looked at it, we're like, this isn't really doing anything yet. Like there were some guts there, uh -huh. but there, you couldn't sign a contract. You couldn't, you couldn't build a form at all and you couldn't send an invoice. So it sounds like and pretty much the entire, <laughs> the, the entire thing, application. Right? Yeah. 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 So I kept, Becca would text me every now and then she tried not to, to bother me too much, but like 24 hours in, I was like, Becca, we're not going to do, <laughs> we're not going to receive payments. Like we can't connect to Stripe. I can't do it in time. So in, in those 72 hours, I think 48 hours in, I started getting a little bit crazy. So I'm really glad those 72 hours were like one of the most important parts of Dubsado's history. Mm -hmm. We learned so much from that 72 hours. One, never do this ever again. <laughs> and deadlines are something that we need to set better. So we learned a lot during that period of we need to be better on ourselves mm -hmm. and not treat ourselves this way. And it was a, a growth period. We still had a lot more, a lot more to learn and we still do, but we learned a lot from that 72 hours. It's important to set a date too at the same time. Yeah, sure because we were kind of just lollygagging and, and planning and, and, and going forward, but without a set date, maybe it would have taken another month, another two months. Right. And we just needed to go for it and do it instead of just sitting around thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I definitely think there's a tension there in, you know, not holding yourself to a standard that's unfair and at the same time having deadlines. And I think so many people, I think it's just such a great example for so many entrepreneurs about, you know, chasing after a, a, an idea, but then not being scared to put it out in the world, even if it's not perfect now, you know, because if it serves mm -hmm. a, at least a couple people well, which it sounds like it did, and it probably was better than a lot of people's paper and pen system, you know, where yes. their, their kids are coloring mm -hmm. all over their contract. And from there, that's not the end, you know, that's just the beginning. And you guys have certainly iterated from that moment on. So mm -hmm. from your beta launch, how long did it take for you to leave your job and make this your full-time priority about? So when that spin class happened, was it was beta launch over and you guys had kind of launched it to the world by then? It wasn't when we launched it to the world. So we launched it to everybody in February of 2016. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until August of 2016 that Jake actually quit his job. So we had full launch and we were still both working heavily. I didn't actually stop working with my parents and doing Ooh. headshots until I want to say it's, it's just been a year. Like we just hit our year mark with wow. it. So I, I, I didn't, I, I waited a very long time because I was still making money and I wanted to be sure when I left, we were literally all on our own. Yeah. So we held out and made sure that we were stable in Dubs Auto, that we can support ourselves, support our team that we were going to hire because we always had intentions of hiring a team and we could support ourselves. We can support our kids, all of that. So as you started growing, I mean, customer support with, with uh, software, especially, it's not like you just launched this. I, I think that's to the myth around 
building software. It's like, oh, oh, I yeah. built this thing. Now I just get subscribers and I kick back, you, yeah. you know, just at the beach or, or something like that. When in reality, you guys are dealing with bugs. You're making sure things are working correctly. Things happen that's, that are outside of your control probably, you know, because you rely on other vendors for your application to work. So if, you know, I remember when Amazon had that big outage, half the internet was down, you know, because Amazon's yeah. down, mm-hmm. but people are probably coming to you being like, Hey, you know, what's going on? So yeah. I'm just impressed that you guys were able to manage that and working and not to mention having a having a second kid all <laughs> during that time period. In addition to that, especially when it comes to developers, although you were doing most of the building or Jake, you were doing most of the building at the time, building applications can be expensive. It's not like it's not like you have no competitors, right? And of your competitors, most of them, it seems, have taken outside funding, you know, to the tune of millions of dollars. So they've mm-hmm. had you know, VCs come in, venture capitalists come in and, and inject millions of dollars. At at any point during that, was that intimidating? Like, did did you guys, were you guys even looking at what else was going on or what else was out there? Maybe what kind of situation their company was in? And was that intimidating to you guys as you were building Dubsado? We knew that our competitors did have funding and we saw what it was doing to them and basically what i saw in the facebook groups and how some users were unsatisfied with how things were happening or features weren't being launched and i was like jake i don't want to be that stuck Mm -hmm. i want to be able to if someone needs something let's get it done i don't want to report to anybody i don't want to have to be advised if our company should go in this direction our main goal with not being funded is just being able to pivot, being agile in our own business so that we can release the features that we want to our users when they want them. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because the first people that those companies are responsible to are their VCs, their investors, yeah. right? Not necessarily their customers, whereas right. whereas you all, your first priority is what your customers want. Did you ever even consider outside funding for Dipsado? No. Mm -mm. (laughs) That's something I'm always like, no, never. (laughs) But it was a big victory when we got our first email from a VC saying, hey, like I've heard of you guys. I'd like to talk and, you know, see if we can work something out. It was, it was validation for sure. And so, so if you were to, what do you think your main differentiators are between you and some of these competitors? Outside of, I mean, A, they have to be responsible to VCs and you guys can just be responsible and hear your customers. Yeah, I think, you know, our agility is number one and being able to, one thing that we've always held at the front and I've mentioned this a few times is just our, the branding and how, and especially with just a few features that we've launched is your company's branding is on everything. Mm -hmm. You can run Dubsado and not have Dubsado's name in any little link, in any form, nothing. And we noticed as we were building Dubsado that this was a huge thing that people didn't like. They didn't want to see their clients see what company they're using to send their contracts and invoices. Mm -hmm. They wanted it to feel like their business. So we noticed our competitors aren't doing that too much. And if one of them is, it's hard to get it configured and mm-hmm. set up and everything. Yeah. So. And when we when we first came on the scene, that was one of the biggest changes that we saw in the market because a lot of them competition wise were were heavily like, This is my this is our brand, it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Here's here's our logo on the invoice. And it, I think they may have been using it as a form of marketing for their for their own service. Sure. And then we came in and it would even though there were still room for improvement where we could remove ourselves from, we were doing a really good job at just making it 
our customers and and their brand alone. And that was one of the first changes that we saw in in the market when we when we <laughs> showed up on the scene. And we were just talking earlier about how that was one of our our big moments where we knew that things were working out for us was when we saw our features being mimicked by other companies that are really well funded and and to see that such small statured company <laughs> could have an impact where someone in a big successful environment like that said hey look at what these guys are doing we need to do it better yeah and and that that's when we knew that we were doing well because we're pushing the market forward i think i think it got a little stale and i think it got a little bit set in their ways and and then we got the chance to come in and, and shake things up a little bit and and i think that ultimately works out for the best for for everyone yeah it pushed us to to do our best when we saw another company copying our style and and or coming out with a feature that that we had and we said okay well we we see you and we'll raise you one and we'll, we'll come out with something that that you won't be able to put out for another six months because we are so agile because because i know every line of code and i know that I can do 10 features in a week because because I know how all the pieces fit together and mm -hmm. I, I can see a few moves ahead and, and knowing that these things aren't going to mess us up in the future. So we don't just act and we have we have a plan and we know that these pieces are going to are going to matter in a few weeks. And and because we don't have like this environment where we're reporting to people or because our designers are, are dissociated with our engineers, everyone is very fluid and, and we're all kind of on the same page and and how we communicate. And so we kind of mimic our, our early days in Dubsado with with what we do today. Mm -hmm. We're like street fighters almost. <laughs> like we, we'll, we'll always come up fighting. Is and that a new like, marketing tagline? Yes, I like it. Yeah, we're always website. fighting. <laughs> What's incredible about, you know, what you're saying is I think, again, a misconception uh, that people have is, you know, the more money you have, the more resources you have, the easier things are. But in many ways, more resources just means, you know, a greater ability to become more distracted. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have fewer resources to start, you have to be very careful, I think, about dedicating time and resources to any one thing. So it causes you maybe to think a little bit more about the decisions that you that you want to make. The other thing that's interesting is while some of these companies are are big or and that results in more people, that's not necessarily better because you guys can turn around and like you were saying, you can decide in a day, hey, we're gonna, this this feature is a, pr a priority now and you don't have to go justify it to any executives. You don't have to justify it to you know different members on your team to get it done. You can just go and make it happen. So I think that there is real value to, I mean, just to how you guys started, just how you started your business and how you lean into those strengths and how you are really responsible to your customers. One thing that I, that I want to mention to you guys, and, and I should say right, right now is that you know, I received no incentive for doing this interview. I reached out to you guys. I actually tried to track you down, you guys down for a while. And I've told <laughs> this to Jake because one of the most fascinating things uh, about you guys is more and more, just all, it, it almost seemed like overnight to me, although I'm sure it didn't seem like overnight to you guys, is when people posted online in, in different industry Facebook groups, hey, what CRM do you guys use? Or what do you use for contracts and invoices? You know, it used to be you'd see kind of the normal players, a lot of these companies that we're talking about that, that you know are bigger and receive funding in this and that, but then more and more I saw Dubsado show up. 
And then all of a sudden, it seemed like that's all I saw. You know, Dubsado. I love Dubsado. And people going on, I don't even know how I ran my business without Dubsado. And one thing I also noticed was that people would talk about, oh, I switched from this platform to that platform. And people would land on Dubsado. So I've tried five other platforms and then I got to Dubsado and this is the, you know, this is the one. But I never, I haven't to this day, and I, I kid you not, I have not seen anybody say, oh, I tried Dubsado, it wasn't for me. And I went to, you know, 17 <laughs> Hats or something else. And and that was better. It seems like people, you know, really love Dubsado. Like, what do you credit just this, you know, I guess these intense fans to? Is it the features? Is it the customer support? Is it a combination of things? It's it's definitely a combination. But I have always said to Jake, I was, it has to be customer support. Like yeah. people just want to feel heard. People want to feel like they belong to something. And especially too, at the very beginning, I knew since we didn't have a lot, I sent out thank you, welcome gifts to our users as well. So it just, you want to make people know that they are appreciated and you get them falling in love with your brand, the people behind the brand and everything about it. And they start to feel involved in it. So they're part of the system. All our users who are here, they're part of Dubsado. They helped create Dubsado with any, you know, feature requests that they, they have made. So it's just about making people feel that they are a part of something and it's helping their business too. How did you guys go about, I'll say one of my favorite pieces of software is Slack. You guys, you guys Mm -hmm. know Slack. So Chris and I, we have, we have a three person team, so it's not big. And Chris and I use Slack to communicate with one another. And what I love about Slack is that big companies use it right? And find a lot of value in it. But even a two-person team like Chris and I find a ton of value in in using Slack. And I feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. doesn't feel feature heavy like uh, Evernote. I don't know if you guys ever use Evernote. Yeah. If you currently use Evernote, I'm sorry for saying this. But to me, <laughs> I used to use Evernote, but I always felt like I was only using 5% of it. And because mm-hmm. I only felt like I was using 5% of it, I eventually got rid of it just because I felt like I was you know, I wasn't taking advantage of all it had to offer. So I went out and found another solution. So we've recently tried out Dubsado, not necessarily with any intention of switching, but it looks like we are, (laughs) we're going to start using (laughs) Dubsado. And that's one thing that struck me right off the bat was, you know, I just wanted to get in there and try it out in advance of this interview, just so I could be, you know, more educated with the platform. But one thing that stuck out to me right away was even if I were just to use it for contracts and invoices, it was super easy to get it set up. One one situation where I just had to send a contract real quick. There was no invoice associated. It was paid, you know, via our uh, accounting software already, and I could do that. I didn't have to like fumble around mm-hmm. with setting an invoice to zero just to be able to send a contract. So, how do you guys manage that? You know, with all the feature requests you get, and I know you get a lot. You know, and and you have this great community on Facebook, which on one hand I'm sure is. It's great to have that community. On the other hand, I'm yes. sure sometimes you're like, we really can't, you know, for all the reasons <laughs> I mentioned earlier, and we really, you know, we can't focus on it right now. How did you guys manage that? You know, focusing on, you know, making it useful for a lot of people, but then it also being feature rich, but not to the point where it felt like just this monster of a product. I think a big thing was we have our master list of things that we know that we want to accomplish to uh, make sure that we're at a steady place in the market, make sure that we're, we're doing well there. And two, if those 
features that people ask either build up to one of our, our goals that we have or, or like a, a building blocks to it, we're going to go ahead and get it done because it leads to the next thing. So we just kind of take into account with what people say to what do we have and how could we maybe tweak it in there. There are some people whose feature requests are so, so, so specific yeah. and might not necessarily work with our goal with Dubsado, mm -hmm. but the way you can use Dubsado is so flexible that if you want to do something that Dubsado necessarily isn't meant for, you can have a workaround for it. Yeah. There are many, many ways that you can do just one thing in Dubsado. Uh, you can send a, a contract with a proposal. You can send a contract by itself. You can add a contract to a client portal. There are just so many ways to do one little thing that it can pretty much work with any type of way you're trying to do it. So if we can't do something for someone, we sure try our best to make sure that they can do what they want to do in another way that we can do something. So we just have our master list of what we can do and try to use people's features and build that master list up. And I think a big part of building our core product, we, we made some design decisions early on that everything was going to be one click away. That used to be one of our, our big, like, rallying points when we're talking with someone or selling selling the software is like you can find any piece of information in in one one two two or less clicks like mm -hmm. click onto the job you can see the contract you can see the invoice everything's going to be there so eliminating the extra thought process of how do i get to something how do i add something focusing on on being simple in that there's only one place where you can add a contract to a job and there's only one place where you can send an invoice is an example of eliminating a possible confusion point. Yeah. And so when we build things, we sort of, we might end up in a situation where we develop something that might be a little confusing. And so then we, we really self analyze and decide, okay, that isn't really working. So let's, let's pull it, let's like pull it apart again and let's go back and, and let's kind of refine things a little bit. So when we do add things, we're, we're keeping simplicity in mind and then we also have the retrospective to look back and say, okay, this isn't working. Let's, let's fix it. Let's improve it. And let's, let's go the other direction and simplify what we already have. So we're simplifying both directions where when we make new features, we're simplifying something for our user and we're, we're not just putting something in there like a, like a bandaid or just sticking it somewhere. It doesn't belong where everything is very intentional. Yeah, I felt even as I was setting up Dubsado, I really didn't have to use any of the the help uh, articles. I'm also kind of the person that's just going to go in there. I mean, and there's tons of them available if you need them. But I do, I think that speaks to how intuitive it was to set up. The other thing I did, which I, I generally don't recommend to people, is I just sent our first contract and, and invoice using it without even looking, without sending a test, without looking at how it would look on the other side. But I was so, awesome. you know, but, but at the end of it, you know, like it looked like a email that I would send from my business Gmail, you know, it looked mm -hmm. like it came from, you know, it didn't have, you know, like, and I know you guys, you were big on this and you had mentioned this earlier in the interview, didn't have Dubsado at the very bottom, you know, there was no, the links weren't like, you know, your, your brand. Mm -hmm. If I put in a button, I know that's an option, but I didn't, but it would be the brands, the brand colors that I set in the settings. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. We found it super easy to use. For I'm so sure. glad you had that experience with it. <laughs> yeah, it, it you know it's been great. And like I said, we you know I did and, and just to reiterate to our listeners, like didn't know you guys prior to this uh, this interview. You're just a company that I admired from afar, and I just find myself I think attracted to th this kind of company. You know, husband and wife team. You guys you know do it in yourself. You're kind of 
you, you know, you're in the foxhole with your, with your clients, you know? Right. And so you really understand their struggles in building a business. And then also you have that added advantage of Becca, you know, having been a photographer and trying to build this photography business, being in this freelance world, understand, I think, and empathize with people also going through that. And so I love companies like that. Show It, I think, is another one that mm-hmm. I can't I can't say enough good things about. So you guys, so transitioning real quick, and this is how we'll kind of wrap up. You guys have had the opportunity to, you have thousands of users now, which is incredible. So it just seems like you guys continually uh, are growing at this, just as fast, as fast pace. And again, just posting those Facebook groups, you know, it definitely seems that way, but <laughs> I, I got to imagine that you get to see some interesting things just in how people use the program. So among, you know, your high performers who use a those people that just seem to be really crushing it in their businesses. How do those users use your platform to grow their businesses? Like what are the things that have, have stood out to you? And it's like, oh, wow, they're doing that. And that's had, you know, this result. The people, the the high performers and the people that just really dive in and use Dubsado, that's exactly what they do. They just, yeah. they dive right in, they get their stuff in. And if they have a question, it's like, hey, I'm trying to do this. What what can I do to make this happen? Mm-hmm. It's more of uh, that attitude. Let's make this happen. And you're here to help me. So let's, let's, let's do it. And I've learned a lot from those people in how they use the system. Someone came to us. I was doing a webinar and she posted in the chat. She's like, I made an extra $12,000 this month that I didn't expect to make just because Dubsado's proposals made it so easy to uh, have my clients just choose little add-ons. And then it just added up the price. And I was like, that is awesome. So now since that power user gave me that little snippet of information, I'm now passing that along to everyone else in my webinars and everything. Just, I learned things from them and what, how they're using it. But they're definitely go-getters and come up with amazing ideas on how to use Dubsado on their own too. Yeah. yeah. That's a, I mean, that's incredible. Just in, I mean, and again, it speaks to if you make things simple for people and they're not overwhelmed with decisions, good things generally happen. We have an album yeah. sales template. We try to, we use Kiss for our albums and we used mm-hmm. to send them a PDF. It was mostly text on their options and there's a billion options. As soon as we simplified that, made it more visual, added it to our website and just said, Hey, you know, go down that there's just, it's just simple choices. All of a sudden we found that more people were ordering albums, yeah. you know, and it yeah. wasn't that they're more <laughs> interested in it now. They just, now the decision is easy. So they're not yeah. choosing from a thousand different colors. You know, we've kind of narrowed it down like, Hey, here are the ones that people are most, most happy with. So that's great. Anything else? And just in general, when, when people are not negative, they're, they're positive and they're, and they're focused on how can we do it instead of saying, Oh, it's not possible why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's being more creative. It's being, it's having a, a general sense of positivity about the way you carry yourself. I mean, even the, I've seen a lot of people make a lot of money, but it's the people that are positive that are satisfied with their life and, mm-hmm. and they're having fun with what they do. And I, I think that's the, the true point is just being able to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. You know, we've had a great experience with Dipsado. I hope that a lot of people check you out. And where can people follow along if they're, you know, they're listening to this and like, hey, this sounds like I need this in my business because I'm disorganized or my current platform's not doing it for me. Where should people go? Sure. They can go to our website, dubsado.com, D-U-B-S-A-D-O.com. Or our Instagram is mydubsado. 
which we just have a lot of fun on. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite can... place is going to be YouTube though. Okay. Jason, I would send, yes. I'd send everybody to YouTube. <laughs> Our channel's just Dubsado and you can follow along with the uh, office shenanigans and mm-hmm. kind of see the trouble that we get into around the office. I know the vlog this week is going to be really good. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So you guys have a podcast as well. Yes. Right. Yeah. The creative leap. Yeah. You can find the the link to that on our website. It's the creativeleap.dubsado.com. I listened to my first episode a couple of days ago. I think it was the one with uh, Gavin Wade from CloudSpot. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I thought it was great. I thought, you know, whoever hosts that does a great job, asks great questions. Really yes, well done. You love Alex. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so head on over there and check him out. So thank you all for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.